Welcome to the How Do You 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 podcast, hosted by Griffin Stein. Today's guest is Travis Keaton, also known as your boy Black Ice YBBI. Please enjoy. Okay, so I am Travis Keaton. Uh, that's my government name, right? But I go by uh, Trav Lyrics. Your boy Black Ice. Well, I'm formerly your boy Black Ice, but now I'm your brother Black Ice. Uh, classic rapper. Uh, people in France and Japan call me YBBI. I'm a classic graphic designer. I own the graphic company in Richmond, California from 2004 to 2012. Um, I own a classic, uh, I operate or founded a classic clothing company called 41510 Brand. And, uh, we used to be popping back in uh, the turn of the century. <laughs> you know, we trying to come back right now, but, you know, things ain't what it was back in uh, 2000. And um, what? I'm 47 years old. I'm the father of two, 11-year-old girl, 15-year-old boy. I'm a husband on paper for uh, 17 years, but in reality for 30 years. Mm. Um and I'm a financial educator licensed in life insurance and health insurance for the past six years. So, you know, I'm kind of outside of most people's comfort zone. It got us quite a resume. That's most people don't have half of that. Yeah. And they ain't going to attain it either. Hey, if, if it's up to me, man, you know, I got a song from 94 where I was talking about uh, traveling. Like, you got to get up out your... Uh, Comfort. No, it was like get up off the plantation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So if your comfort zone is a plantation or a concentration camp, you know. What did I say? What did I say? I said something like the 13th Amendment, you know, it gave you a right to at least walk over to the border. <laughs> Without getting shot by the, by the carpetbaggers. Yeah. 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 So no, man. I I just I throw all of that out there because I don't know where the conversation would be going. But I got some expertise, in um, uh, or experience at least, in a lot of things. A lot of different things. Yeah. So five year plan. What's your five year plan as far as uh, all that stuff on your resume? Are we going to try to resurrect stuff, or can you change people's mind to get back to? Four one five one zero, or well, the truth of the matter is, I never stop. I never stop mm. doing anything, mm. right? So it's up to the people, you know. At this age, at forty seven years old, um, if you'd have told me that I would have owned a company, graphic company, a clothing company, and put out several albums, you know, did a radio show in France, you know hooked up with some people in Japan and all this stuff and been with my wife this long, I would have called you a liar, <laughs> right? Okay. So I say that to say this, I've done almost everything that I wanted to do. I haven't punched a clock in 20 years, so technically I've been retired since like 1998. Damn. Right. I remember um, I was on, was I on Facebook and somebody, you know K-Lu, right? Yeah. Legendary yeah. K-Lu from K-Lu Studios. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in the in the Master P's Beat by the Pound crew, 
did a lot of stuff for E40, a legendary around the Bay Area in the G-Funk mob music era. He, somebody, some young cat got at him and he was like, uh, man, K. Lou, you ain't done nothing in hella years, man. You need to do something new. And K. Lou responded to him, you know, he said, look, youngster, <laughs> I put in the work in the 90s so that I can live the life that I enjoy today. Damn. Damn. Right? So I kind of feel the same way. You feel me? I just look at it like this when you say the five-year plan, right? Mm. So currently I still have shirts or clothing that's online. I have music that's on iTunes and all the digital platforms. Mm. You know, if they Google your boy Black Ice or hashtag YBBI bars, they'll find some of the music. Um, If you want to talk finance, we can do that. You know, if you're interested in never running out of money, we can do that. Like, it's all ongoing. So, would I like to have a million dollars and all this kind of stuff and be able to buy what I want to buy and be financially independent in the next five years? That would be great. Yeah. But I always say if I ended up on my deathbed tomorrow, I wouldn't have no regrets. None. None. Damn. Because, you know, I got a whole lot of shit that's going to outlive me. You feel me? That's what I'm trying to do now. And I'm not a financial I'm not a financial educator because I was looking for money for myself. I'm a financial educator because I wanted to make sure that when I die, I left the inheritance for my children. Mm. And the easiest way for me to do that without them having to sell anything would be life insurance. So I got life insurance. Um which led me into being a financial educator, which led me into getting these licenses. So my five-year plan is to keep doing what I'm doing. So let's say that there's one person listening on the street, hustling whatever he hustle. What can he do to become part of the, 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 the JW, the, the, the group, to, to, to buy insurance and make sure his kids are financially stable is there like a plan is it a payment plan or is this something you can't go into no i mean we could talk about life Uh, insurance itself but you know even before a person wanted to buy life insurance i would suggest being financially educated because some people don't qualify for life insurance right mm. some people can't get it that doesn't mean you don't want to leave a legacy for your children. No. You know what I'm saying? So I would say you got to make, how they say, if you change your mind, you can change the future. So what do you want to do first? I would say get some kind of education, get some clarity. One of the things that I put out there on Facebook, because I bark at parked cars a lot on Facebook, you know, in real life, ain't nobody listening. Mm. So we put it on Facebook. So I got hella hashtags, right? So I got a hashtag that say hashtag more income, less confusion, mm. right? Because I did a song. I was like, what you need is a solution, more income and less confusion, right? So sit under the sweatshirt. My shirt say more income, less confusion. But in order to do that, you need to get some kind of clarity about where you want to go and what you're trying to do. 
Is right. that something they would reach out to you for, or are you talking about picking up a book? Motherfuckers got the internet at their fingertips. You feel me? Yeah. It it you gotta be really diligent to, do to not know something yeah. in the age of information, cause you could accidentally find out. Yeah. You know. You know how hard you gotta work to not know. <laughs> Especially nowadays. <laughs> you gotta be like the Matrix. Don't give me none of that information. Don't you? Not, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Action to not know. Yeah, because that's, you know, if you get off into that, you know, age of Aquarius and, you know what I'm saying, moving into the age of truth and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, that's another level of thinking, mm. right? But if you talk about a dude that's on the street, that's hustling, that want to do better, he got to find out what better means. To him? And to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you're talking about financial planning. That's a system, you know what I'm saying? And it's a headache, but it needs to be you know. done. But you you just need a community. You need to be around somebody that is always talking about that shit so you can, you know, have Soak it. it. Yeah, you got to have discipline to get it done. So, again, if I ever start talking to somebody about finance first, I'm going to say get educated. Now, if that means pick up a book, pick up a book. But at this point, you don't necessarily have to pick up a book. You can watch a video. You know what I mean? If you act right and you can hold it together, then you can come over to our financial center and you can sit in the office. But, you know what I mean? I am, you know, I'm still close to the struggle. So some of the cats that I have coming over there, they still don't know how to act right. You know, I had this one chick and her dude that rolled up in there smelling like they owned a damn weed farm, mm. right? <laughs> man. I'm like this, man. Over where we at, we over in Pleasanton, mm. California, and that ain't the hood. You feel me? And we over there, and we got a six thousand square foot financial center over there. You feel me? And I'm the only black dude in there. Mm. Then you bring in, and then you walk in with Timberlands, toe up jeans with the holes all in them, with the um puff jacket smelling like indica you know it's it, it, it's not a good look yeah you feel me even if it's legal it's not a good look and i try to explain to people that um i'm outside your comfort zone you look at me and you think i'm just another negro from richmond that's trying to take your money then you get over there and you see that that ain't what it's about do you have a youtube uh stream I don't. No? Okay. I don't. I don't. I have a blog. I have a website. We have videos. You know, I can send you a book. We got a dope book that give you some real good information. It's on the website? No, it's not on the website. But I I can send it to you in a digital format or Mm. we can connect and I can give it to you. You know, I just got, what's your thing? How do you receive information? But at the end of the day, we have ways for you to get the information that's why i go back to think change your thinking are you gonna read it you know because i got this book man and the book is dope but um i didn't gave about five six hundred of these books away and i know ain't nobody read it because ain't nobody called me to talk about it Mm. and it's the kind of information where if you read the book, you're Don't going to call and talk about it, right? <laughs> Damn. 
you know, it's it's just one of them things. Yeah. You know, it's one of them things. So, you know, we got workshops and shit where you can just come and sit and listen and fill out the blanks. You got to, you know. Uh, you got to uh, know what your blanks are. No, you don't. Don't you have to know what you want? Look, man, this is, remember, we're not in a your typical low expectation Negro environment, right? You look at, this is what I get from people. Mm. You know, like you say, how do I see myself and how do I think people see me? When people look at me, they think that I'm full of shit. Mm. And I say that based on some people who's given me um, brutal honesty, like Trav, you know, if you want to get paid, Trav, no deal. Like, I know you sell them shirts for $12 wholesale. I'm gonna buy a thousand of them and I'm gonna give you a dollar a piece. You know, that's the kind of shit that motherfuckers look at me as, right? And just a side note, when I talk, I may I may jump to something yesterday. I may jump to something that happened in 1990. Yeah, I got you. Because right? <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur since 1990. I got you. Right? So when people look at me, they think I'm full of shit. They think that I'm lying, right? That's why when I invite people over to our financial center, they show up with their do-rag on. They show up with their Timberlands. They show up smelling like weed. They probably think that it's just gonna be me and a bunch of other Negroes in there that they don't have to respect. Mm. But then when they get over there, they say, "Woo!" Should have stepped it up. Yeah, yeah, like that. So um, they uncomfortable. They uncomfortable because of what they did though, or but what they didn't expect. But that's the way that they see me. Yeah, right. In any case, man, if you if you looking for some information, you got to change your mind. You know. And it's it's just lack of knowledge, lack of access, and lack of a supportive community is what keep what keep people from moving forward. But supportive community isn't a replacement for motivation, self motivation though, is it? Well, it's accountability. You feel me? If you're in a room full oh. of people that's moving forward and upward, right, and they really got love for you. They're not going to leave you behind. No. You know what I mean? If I got to drag your ass along, you know what I mean? And a true human don't want to be dead weight to anybody. Right. So you will maybe. Okay. So you either gonna, you either going to ride with us or you going to drop off. Drop out. Yeah. You feel me? Most people I know drop out. They do. Or, you know, I also study racism, white supremacy, and I believe that you know, we got a lot of cognitive dissonance going on and people been lied to for so long at the same time. So people might think that, and this I don't know, cause it ain't like nobody just gonna roll up to you and say, hey, Trav, you know, I'm black, so I'm worthless. You know what I'm saying? They don't tell you though. <laughs> nobody had told me that. I mean, but I mean, you if know. you listen, yeah, they'll tell you. So, like, so who am I? You, you, they gonna do this to me anyway. If you talk right. in that negative way, you sometimes. Well, that's just low self esteem, though. Well, it could be, but you know, it could be that you've been taught this thing, and you wouldn't have low self esteem had you been never taught it. Yeah. For example, when I used to have my podcast, I was talking to Digital Darren Harris. Uh, he used to, he's from Jones and Harris in Richmond, California. Oh, okay. That's Mr. Harris's son. And he used to um, he used to engineer. I remember he did my he recorded my first project back in 1991, the Pro Black Citizen tape mm. at Starlight Studios, right? I remember Starlight. Yeah, that's that's OG shit. I'll be trying to tell people I come from the 80s, not the 90s, yeah. right? 
So Starlight Studios, that was in Richmond on Potrero and 13th Street. No, it's Potrero and 13th Street, and everybody was going there. Time X Social Club went there, and Vogue went there, Master, not Master P, um, Tony, 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 mm. 415, Tupac, Digital Underground, all them cats went there. And um, Didge told me, he said, um, you know why we did some of the stuff that we did back in the 90s? He said, because nobody told us that we couldn't. Damn. You know? You woke up one morning and just said, I'm going to be a rapper. And I'm going to Summer Jam. And I'm going to press this shit up. And I'm going to be dope. And what nobody saying, you couldn't. Yeah, we was naive enough to believe that we could do it. But it happened. It happened, yes. In my particular case, we just didn't have enough information. Because if we knew what it really took to make it, like, I patterned myself after LL Cool J. Mm. Right? At 47, I can say this now. Like, I couldn't say this 20 years ago because I'd have had to fucking battle LL Cool J, right? <laughs> so, I patterned myself after LL Cool J. But I just figured, hey, nigga, if I can, if I listen to this dude raps and I learn how to go 8, 4, 8, or 16, 8, 16, break, that's how I learned how to pattern a song by mm. listening to LL Cool J song, right? But what I should have been looking at was Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin, because yeah. <laughs> rapping is the easy part. You know, it's all the business that go behind it. You know, and then you got all these fairy tales about what you have to do in order to make it. And I didn't know none of that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I thought, hey, man, we going to rap and we going to be on Summer Jam next summer. For me, the Summer Jams was always Ice Cubes and um, the bigger artists from different parts of the country. That, I don't Unless they might have put, like, Too Short out there, Digital Underground. Oh, Too Short definitely was on one. You know? I remember he, he did a, a thing and he was talking about Summer Jam. But. Yeah. But when I say that, I mean back in 92, right? You might have got... You might have got Too Short, you got Digital Underground, MC Hammer, you know, them type of cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my first recording, I got one tape left. It's in the museum, right? I never put it on the uh, in- internet. I put the picture on the internet, mm. but I never put the music on the internet. And if you hear it, you would know that we wasn't going to Summer Jam. Oh, is it? <laughs> 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 it wasn't gonna happen. Oh, ah, okay. You know, I mean, the flow was like it was a song called "Suicide," right? And it was a song about suicide. And the 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 flow was like this: is my life was so fucked up, but didn't know what to do. Shit was abstract, but was clear to see the company soon days was going oh. fade with the pepper dipper. The B side was "Dip to the Beat," and it was "Dip to the motherfucking Beat." Don't stop, rock, doop doop dot. Wow. Right, but you got to start somewhere. No, but that was you know, and I think you know when you think about it, I think I'm one of the first like ten rappers that actually produced the project out of Richmond. Oh wow! Yeah, like prior to, I mean, you can do some research, but prior to 1991 when we recorded that album. I can't think of that many rappers that came out of Richmond that actually had a project 
I mean, like everybody know Calvin T and Magic Mike. Who, who the Mac? The Mac, yeah, the yeah. Mac. But he was from Vallejo. He recorded with Kyrie. Kyrie well, Kyrie produced the Mac. Oh, okay. I don't put the Mac with. I put him with the Crest. I because they talk really? about the three Macs. They talk about Mac Mall, Mac Dre, and the Mac. Oh. And his oh. name his name was Michael Robinson because I had a partner named Michael Robinson. And when he when the Mac and Vallejo got killed, people were saying that our friend sure had right got now. shot. But that wasn't it wasn't the same dude. Oh, okay. But but again, you got <clears throat> Disco Alamo, Magic Mike. Well, yeah, Magic Mike, Clint Flint, Filthy Phil. Filthy Phil for sure. K Cloud, where were they from? K Cloud, I think K Cloud and then was from like Berkeley. Yeah. But Ozell, Oz was a DJ and Yondin. But they didn't rap. They were DJs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I I, I mean, if we put our brain to it. It wasn't that many dudes in Richmond that actually had a project. Master P was in Richmond at the time. He was playing basketball at all. No, he had, he had a project because I remember when we was living on the main, he had this one project. He got this. He had this record and said R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D. That was a hook. R I C H M O N D, but it, it was definitely no limit. It was definitely yeah. Master P, like that. So, but then, you know, like Master P, he said he got the game from Richmond, and then he went back to Louisiana. And so, like you know, he don't he don't classify himself as a Richmond rapper. Yeah. So, when you think about the rappers who came out of Richmond first, I say with a project. Like I know Disco Alamo had a project. I know that uh, Magic Mike and Clint Flint had that Moneymaker album or Moneymaker single. I know. Yeah. We know Filthy Phil. Yeah, I know Filthy Phil. <laughs> I played that single over and over. Yeah. And it was funny because when I first started rapping, I was in a, uh, I was going to the same dude, this dude named Guy Holmes, uh, Harm from the rich was going to the same dude. That's when I learned that I was never gonna be a freestyler because the dude Harm, the nigga Harm. Raw. Raw freestyler I'd ever heard. I'm gonna stick to writing. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> you say they don't write no more. I was like, I'm gonna write forever. Yeah, but you know, man, you know. I'm, I'm just saying that you wanna get educated first. You wanna yeah. learn how to do something before you get out there and do it, but not to the point where you ain't gonna never move. Yeah, you don't wanna not do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I wrote something on Facebook the other day, and right, like I say, I uh, I don't know what people need, right? I don't know what people need, so I decided to become the dude that I needed in my life, mm. right? So I'm that guy, you know what I'm saying? You need some shirts? Yeah. I didn't have nobody to press up my shirts when I was rapping. So I became a graphic artist. I did my own album cover, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I, when I got to the point where I wanted to, my brother and them wanted to make some clothes, I was like, all right, hey, let's make some clothes. You know, I didn't have no father. My father wasn't there, nigga. My kids, they love that I'm not with them right now. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> the whole opposite, huh? I guess that's what you got to do. The whole opposite. I say, man, I had to be the father that I wish I had. I had to be the, I wanted to be the husband that I wish my mother had. Mm. 
you know, and my grandfather's wasn't there either, right? Just just some old nineteen fifties bullshit. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I gotta try to be. I'm I'm already preparing myself to be the grandfather that I didn't have. That's why one of the reasons I got into this whole financial education thing because I wanted to make sure that my unborn great grandchildren had a trust fund. You know, feel me? Nobody left it for my mother. You know. Which means that if they didn't leave it for her, they didn't teach her. So she gonna leave what she can. She but, gonna probably leave exactly the same. You know, she she got a little bit more. But that's probably because of you, right? You don't talk to her about it? No, I talked to her about yeah. it, but I'm just saying that my mother took over some stuff that my grandmother had. Mm, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But it's not like what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? Like where I'm at, throwing around numbers like, well, the minimum amount of insurance, not insurance, but the minimum amount of retirement you want to have is $2 million. Jesus. Right? $2 million stacked. You feel me? So, you mean liquid? Yes, cash. Jesus. He's behind the eight ball already. Two million dollar cash, you know, putting in an account that's earning about six percent interest, so that you can take four percent or five percent off every year, so you can live off of a hundred thousand dollars tax free. Is that shit attainable for a normal human, a normal nigga? No, that's. But here's what I'm talking. Here, let me let me break this down, right? So I seen this picture on uh, Facebook, right? Is this black dude? Kind of heavy set. Mm. He had on like a hoodie, had some old red glasses on. You could tell he was flaming gay. The boy had a puppy in a Crown Royal bag, right? Mm. And he was looking just real Paris Hilton-ish. Like he wanted to be Paris Hilton, mm. right? And I just looked at the picture and I'm like, cuz, you can't be Paris Hilton. You know who you are, nigga? You are Augustus Hilton. Let me explain to you who Augustus Hilton is. <laughs> not Paris Hilton's daddy. Not her granddaddy. Not her great-granddaddy. Augustus Hilton is Paris Hilton's great-great-granddaddy. Mm. Augustus Hilton is the Hilton that came from Norway and set up a store, not in Texas, Somewhere in the United States mm. of America. He immigrated to the United States and set up a store. After a while, he built 10 rooms onto that store. And then he rented them out. Just listen to how this goes. He rented them out three times a day. Horse. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. You feel me? In 1870. Mm. Right? So in 1870, Augustus Hilton got a store, 10 rooms, Renting them out three times a day. Income. That's a lot. Now, of Conrad Hilton is Augustus Hilton's son. Conrad Hilton is in the store. He watching what's going on. He watching his father rent out these rooms, sell whatever he's selling. You feel me? Now, nineteen nineteen, Conrad Hilton goes to Texas to buy a bank. The bank deal fell through, so Conrad bought a hotel. This is the beginning of the Hilton, Hilton yeah. Hoteliers, right? So his son is in the business. His grandson is in the business. When Conrad died in 1978, 
his will left $500,000 to each one of his brothers and sisters. Let me tell you something. When you adjust for inflation, $500,000 in 1978 is $1.8 million today. That was, that's what he gave to his brothers and sisters. The company kept going. Paris Hilton sits on a trust fund of five decades. So when, I, when, when you ask me, is it attainable? I asked you, do you think Augustus Hilton knew that Paris Hilton would be sitting on five generations of wealth? Augustus, no. Hoped. He probably hoped. I don't think that motherfucker could have even thought that that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So my my point to you to answer that question, I go around the corner to come right here. Is it attainable for you? No. For me, no. Right. I'm not saying that Augustus wasn't popping back in 1870. Right. But Augustus Hilton and Paris Hilton is different. Augustus is the progenitor of that shit. Right. Augustus had to get it out the mud. That's who you are. That's who I am. Mm. That's who damn near everybody that's listening to this shit is. Yeah. Now, you are not Paris Hilton. <laughs> you know, and if you look at any other family, you want to talk about the Rockefellers, you want to talk about Rothschilds, you want to talk about Disney, you want to talk about all these other people, you're looking at the fifth and sixth generation talking about I want to be like that. No, what you need to do is you need to go all the way back to the person that didn't have shit. Yeah. That's you. (laughs) And you might not even be Augustus because when I read about it, when I read about it, Augustus, they had farmland in Norway before he came to the United States. So that's probably even two more generations. Yeah, so he probably didn't come broke. You see what I'm saying? But nobody had forethought like that. They want to pop right now. They yeah. wanna, they wanna do everything right now. That's what I'm dealing with now. People see the end product and don't think about what what went into it. Exactly. And so it's infuriating. It is. But if you go back to let's let's go back. Okay. How can somebody who has nothing right now produce a great granddaughter that's sitting on a trust fund like that? It's not by smoking it up. No, you gotta you gotta understand that you're the progenitor. You gotta understand that you need to get it out the mud. You need to build it. You need to sacrifice. You need to, you know, provide that legacy to the next generation. You need to pump it into your children that you know this is what we trying to do, and they need to believe it. So that they'll take it over when you're gone. So that they'll take it over when they're gone. Or in the least, get your dumb ass $2 million worth of life insurance so when you die, your child will at least have a place to start. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and lock it up so that they can't fuck it off. But that's the problem. We all start from zero every time. Every, every time. time. Every time. But it ain't our fault. Because go back to the Hilton story. Conrad Hilton went to Texas and bought the hotel in 1919. In 1919, you also had the Red Summer. The Red Summer, a lot of white, terroristic soldiers came back from World War II and saw the Negroes doing well. And in 1919, at least 36 black neighborhoods 
were burned Burn. to the ground, yeah. right? And people always talk about black Wall Street in Oklahoma, but that was 1921. After. That was the ass end, yeah. you know? So your family probably had a Conrad Hilton, but. They killed him for looking at a white lady? Well, they killed him for, you know, they wouldn't let the Negroes go to World War One. We won't teach you niggas how to shoot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We're not gonna teach you how to teach you how to how to how to practice war. So all the white dudes went and the black people stayed home. And if all the white dudes is gone, that created a vacuum for jobs, which means now black people gonna be having some money and when these white folks came back, they wanted their jobs back. And what's the one way to get my job back? Kill whoever's sitting in the position. Exactly. Yeah. You feel me? So, you probably had a Conrad in your family. You know? Just think all when they just, you go back to Black Wall Street. They say they burnt down movie theaters and doctor's office. And one thing that you always hear when they talk about these black towns or whatever getting burned down in the United States of America, they always talk about insurance companies. Mm. There's always an insurance company in there. I was like, well, shit, well, let me be that guy. Hmm. You feel me? I'll be that guy. You know, but we probably had a Conrad. Yeah. We, we Who knows? We probably had a Conrad, maybe one of them hotels was, and then you talk about people moving to the, the great migration and leaving. A lot of times people got scared off their land. Their own land. Yeah, it wasn't about I'm going to the West to try to find better opportunity. No, it's like, nigga, they said. you leave or you die, right? And it was a land grab. For example, I can't remember the name of the insurance company, but one of the largest, the largest black insurance companies on the West Coast was a result of, it was a black guy in Texas. Mm. He was selling, I think he was selling whole life insurance to black people, right? And white people didn't like it. You weren't supposed to sell whole life to black people because that's the stuff that you most likely gonna pay off. You know, you're supposed to sell black people bullshit. Mm. So the story goes, I wish I knew the, um, I wish I knew could remember the name of the company but yeah the white white people showed up put a cross in his lawn mm. told him he had to go and he left texas and he came out to um, la and he started up a company and that's what he did he sold yeah. he provided life insurance to to black people and um <clears throat> just recently the city of Los Angeles or somebody down there, I can't remember. He had a building and it was they trying to get it made into a historic historic landmark, but the city wanted to tear it down. And I was like, Boy, just don't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't. Did what you were supposed it, to do. Yeah. I remember when we was kids, it used to be the Indians coming and try to give all the black people whole life insurance or the bullshit. It I was sus- just a group of them. Yeah, I suspect it was term life insurance because mm. term is a lot less expensive and poor people can afford term i remember that and when we were young you probably just had a lot of um term insurance that was being sold to our families 
you know. And Prime America was big back then. And uh, my daddy told him to get the fuck away from his house. He said, "I ain't paying you nothing." So I never found out who it was or what it was. Well, and that's a problem too because when it comes to that stuff, because we were so taken advantage of, because I had to do history before I really got involved. I, I read about it, and it was like, man. You would have these insurance companies coming all through the South selling these penny policies, but they would sell something called decreasing term, right? Mm. Now, you can look up decreasing term. Basically, what it is, it's a insurance policy that's supposed to go with a loan. So let's say you bought a tractor, right? Mm. And the tractor costs $1,000. You would buy a $1,000 life insurance policy that would... If you died, it would pay off the loan, right? So the idea is as you lived, you paid a loan off and your principal would go down. So the value of the life insurance policy would go down too. So let's say that you bought a 10-year loan and you bought a 10-year life insurance policy. After 10 years, the loan would be zero. And after 10 years, the insurance policy would be zero, right? So what would happen is, and you can research this. This is not something that I'm making up, mm. you know what I'm saying? Because when you're, when you're a black business owner or a black man, any you always have to validate and give resources and footnotes Constantly and all that doubting. stuff. Yep. Right. So they would sell black people decreasing term. So Big Mama would buy the policy. She thinking that Big Daddy got you know, a $10,000 policy or maybe a $1,000 policy because at this point we're talking big, about the 30s yeah, and the 40s, big, yeah. right? Big daddy die. Big mama go get $1,000. They pull out their policy and they say, I'm sorry, it's only worth $100. They didn't give you the fine print. They didn't explain that it was decreasing term, right? Yeah. So what that happened, what happened then is this. Big mama don't like insurance, pol- insurance salesmen because they robbed her. So she told your grandmother right what mm-hmm. happened but when your mother came along all she know is that your grandmother don't like insurance people she didn't tell her why yeah right <laughs> then you come along and your daddy just said get away from my house yeah. so now you suffering from the post-traumatic slave syndrome from some shit that happened back in 1940. Yeah, and you can look that up on the internet. And the way that it go, the way that the story go is, they was grabbing the bananas, Mm. right? And they would spray the monkey. So then they would take the monkeys out and they put a new monkey in. But they didn't, when when the monkey, the new monkey went to get the banana, the other monkeys beat his ass. Yeah, and we don't want to get wet. But they right? No, yeah, yeah. Then they took out, like they had gray monkeys and then they had brown monkeys. So eventually, all you have, every time they take out a brown monkey, they put in a gray monkey. And then the brown monkeys and the gray monkeys will beat the new monkey ass. And then they take out all the brown monkeys. Now you only got gray monkeys in there. Who never been wet. They didn't even know it was a banana up there, right? <laughs> Man. But if you if like if you climb that then you climb up that but you learn that whatever I do, I don't like insurance people. Yeah. Whatever I do, I I'm not gonna touch that ladder because I don't want my ass beat. 
You know, yeah, it's ass beating. It's not <laughs> what it was. Yeah, you know, that's the same thing with Pavlov's dogs. You know, where they would feed the dog, and the dog would salivate, and they'd ring a bell, right? Mm. Or they'd ring a bell, feed the dog, the dog would salivate when they mm. until it got to the point where they, all they did was rung the bell, and the dog would salivate. Jesus, right? Because they 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 associated, associated the, bell. the bell with food. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna have to go through my life and see what I if is my fears or happiness even associated with something real. Yeah. Or is it all fake? That's scary. I I I think it's all it's all fake. I mean, we we're constantly reminded that you're gonna get your ass beat if you do this. <laughs> yep, this side of town, that side of town, this woman, yeah. that woman. Yeah, you, you're going to get punished. I made this shirt. It's on my website, and it says on the, on the shirt. It What's says, the website? It's um, cafepress.com slash travelyrics, T-R-A-V-L-Y-R-I-C-S. All right. right. And it says no. At the top of the shirt, it says no. Mm. And then it said no, the other N word, right? But it don't say in like, you know, nigga. It says I in mm. second letter, second word, word, right? In word. So it's like, and it's a play on words because really it says no is the other more dangerous in word. Because when you say no to people, well, I found that when I say no to people, I get punished, right? People want me to do something and I say no. Yeah. Either emotionally or yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could get the cold shoulder. I could not talk to for the next three days. You know, might get fucking head slammed on the car, mm. shot in the back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, put your hands up. No, get out the car. No. You know, you want to go to this place with me? No. Okay. You ain't got to go to this. Okay. All right. Mm. Or even at your manager, he's like, hey. Uh, you want to stay over? Griffin, you want to go do that thing <laughs> or whatever, man? Saying no. No. Right? So it's like. You 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 know that you're gonna get in trouble for any kind of what is it called when you when you dissent, you know. This that's what it's called, right? Dissension. When you like government is here, you're going against the government. That's called dissent. Dissent among a group, yeah. Dissent. Um, yeah. Yeah. That shit needs to be crushed. Yeah, because it's almost like a rebellion. Yeah, yeah. That's what it means when a black man says no. That's that, and that's what the shirt. That's the meaning of the shirt. That's the meaning of the shirt. But at the same time, it's the N word. It's a it's a it's a I N word. I N because you have to say no. Because if you keep saying yes, you're gonna be fucking John Henry. Yeah, it's gonna kill you. I got another shirt called "I'm Not John Henry." Nigga, I'm not finna die with my hammer in my hand trying to fight this machine. That goes back to my five-year plan, right? He's like, nigga, I've done it. Look, man, you want to make millions of dollars? I got a place for it. We can. I just want to make a couple half a million. <laughs> hey, what you say, dude? Six one way, <laughs> half a dozen the other. You know? But I, I found it because, and you know, I say this all the time. I got an image. You've seen it. You and me sitting yeah, on the yeah, porch. on the porch at the old house. Yeah. And I, and I say, um... I say, that's the day that I became a financial educator. It was 2008. 
I became a financial educator that day, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. Because mm. we was talking about the economy. And it was like, this yeah. is some bullshit. Right? I lost that house. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things I said to y'all, I said, man, and I know we talk about it, but we're going to put it on record now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, look, we need to figure out how to make money in our sleep. We need to figure out how to make money in our sleep. And when I find out, nigga, I'm going to come back and tell you. Right then, right then is when I decided that I was going to be a financial educator. That was 2008. I didn't sign up until 2012. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's funny because I'm uh, putting together a project right now. It's going to be like six songs and it's going to be all financial shit, right? And I was just listening to a beat that my partner from Russia sent me. And I said, I'm going to tell that story. I'm going to tell that story. And, and, Look, the first line is, back in 08 with a friend of mine, my OG partner, Don Griffinstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think I think what will probably be good, this is what will be good, since you got the podcast, right? Because I'm going to tell the story, because I also got a story with uh, D. Ross. Yeah. Right? So when I was talking to you, I decided that I was going to be a financial educator. When I was talking to him, is when I decided that I was going to get off into life insurance, mm. right? I didn't know that's what the conversation was back then. It was just, man, you know what? If a family got $5 million every time somebody in Richmond got killed, mm. they probably make killing black people illegal, right? And then he said to me, nah, because... All that's going to happen is they're going to give it right back. Right? So what I said to him at that time, I said, well, then we just need to figure out how to get the people to understand how to hold on to it. Right? And use the interest or some shit like that. So that was around the same time. That was leading into a life insurance conversation. Mm. Talking to you was like a financial education conversation. And then I had another partner, Juan, who actually took the picture of me and you. He brought me to company, right? Uh. He brought me to organization that I'm in. So between y'all three is how I ended up here. That's why I don't quit. That's why before we went, started recording, I was like, I ain't making no money, right? Mm. I said, I ain't making no money. I ain't making no money because people's, understanding of what I'm doing is it's so far outside of the comfort zone. It's so far outside of what we've been taught that it literally creates a violent reaction mm, mm-hmm. when I bring it to people. They gotta get up, jump, up, 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 up. They have a real uh, big mama syndrome about it. They yeah, you gotta, like it. yeah. For real, for real. It's crazy. So I'm telling you cuz I didn't I didn't gave away books. I didn't gave away videos. I didn't offer people to come to their house. I didn't offer people to come to my house. I said, come to the financial center. Nigga, I didn't perform in front of 14,000 people and shot that video to people. Uh, I didn't did podcasts. Um, nigga, I didn't rapped about it. Like, I, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I had, like I say, I had this one girl came to the financial center. The dude... I got this song that say, I'm in the room with a man that make a million a month. 
Mm. Say, so get your partners and your fam, man. You finna blow up, cause I'ma get y'all. Order the game and upgrades, so your unborn great grandbabies can stay paid, right? Dude, this dude is in the room with us. Like, the organization that I'm in got about 60,000 licensed people. Well, maybe not licensed, but it's 60,000 uh, financial educators, right? You don't have to be licensed to be a financial educator. Okay. It helps if you're a certified financial educator, but you don't have to be certified because we train twice a week. So the girl comes through. She thinks she's going to go to the workshop. Ain't no workshop today. I don't know it's a workshop. We a speedboat, man. Shit changed, yeah. right? She comes, stood up. She walked to the front. She walked to the back. One of the problems is this dude, he'll, I've, I've been with the company for six and a half years. So, dude, I've been in the room where he's standing. We at the MGM. This boy got 15,000 people in the MGM. He got another 15,000 people across the street at the Mandalay Bay. Mm. They simulcasting the shit, right? I done seen him in front of 30,000 people. I done seen him in front of a thousand people. He will stop the whole shit. Well, not the 30,000 because that's too many people. But mm. when we at like the Santa Clara Convention Center and he like, look, stop everything. All y'all people that's in the back of the room, I need y'all to sit y'all self down. He said, look, I got people in this room that come from all the way from New York and Canada to listen to this information and learn how to build their business, and you up walking around on your phone in the back of the room. That is disrespectful. Yeah. Can you please sit down? He said, either sit down or leave out. Or leave, right? Now, that's with a thousand people in the room. That's what he might say, stop walking around when we at the MGM. But here we are in the Pleasanton Financial Center with about a hundred people in the room. Mm. She get up, she walk out, she come back, she stand in the back of the room. The people who run in the office, they look at me, they like, hey, try, go get your friend. Tell your friend to sit down. I go back there, I say, look, uh, you all right? She's like, well, you know, I gotta stand up. I was like, well, you know, they, they want you to sit down. <laughs> when I say she didn't like that, she was like, what? They got a problem with me standing up? I'm out. I didn't realize that she had all her stuff. Like she was ready to go she was already, go anyway, right? Yeah. So when I said sit down, it just she bounced out she the had back a door, yeah, right. She bounced out the back door, and I was like, <sighs> you know, just I don't know if that was the catalyst or if she was already she was already ready to go, or if it's just you know you got this Negro black dude telling you what to do because you know that's a problem, or if it was just so far out of her comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I had another girl who came over, listened to the presentation, talk about, uh, you know, look, man, basically there's three things that's going to happen in your life. You're going to live a long, healthy life, or you're going to get sick, or or you're going to definitely die, that's right? No way around that. You're going to die, bef- you're going to get sick before you die, or you're going to die too soon. Like, that's it. Death too soon, sick and then you die, or a long, healthy life and then you die. Either way, those are the things that we provide solutions. Boy, she came out that room, and when you come out the room, you know, you sit down and talk to me. You feel me? Like, I'm a financial educator. I'm licensed. I I brought you here. What did you think? You know, some great information, right? Boy, that girl, she broke down into tears. Mm. 
Whatever. I know what they said in the room, but I don't know which part. Hurt her. Felt her. Touched her. Killed her. Yeah. She was. She came in there. She was like. She was strong at first, though. You know, because we got that front. You know, I'm solid. She was like, well, yeah, it was great. And I'm like, you all right? <laughs> and then she just, I know I need to do this for my family. And something else. And it ain't right. And she just started crying. She pulled herself together. And um, I was driving, so she couldn't walk out. Oh, right. oh y'all in the car, okay. <laughs> yeah, I drove her. I picked her up and took her. But. It was just that what it sounded what it sounded like to me was no she was fronting the whole time the whole time I know the I don't know if it's the whole time I've known her but one of the things about you know leaving your comfort zone is you get exposed because you don't really know how to act right so if you most people can tell (laughs) most people can tell. Yeah. You, yeah, you get exposed because when you're in your comfort zone, you know where everything at, you know how to act, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. but then when you get dropped in an unfamiliar setting, all you got is your, 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 the, your, your go-to stuff, your, your instincts, your yeah. instinct, and your instinct don't work over here, not everything, like your rich California spidey senses always work, that shit don't, you know, yeah, you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. did you hear something? <laughs> <laughs> like that worked, but- when we over when we over in that space, you can't just yell at me because I'm a black dude and I can't do nothing to you. No, you know what I mean. You can here start yelling. It's gonna be a problem for both of us, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. So, you know, you gotta put your. I I I don't wholeheartedly believe in code switching. You know, I don't put on the white voice, but I don't have to. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. Say, some people don't even have to. Right. I don't have to. I mean, I'm pretty articulate. I can keep the bass in my voice. I ain't got to do all of that. And, yeah. You know, if you're going to need me to do, like, sorry to bother you, the movie, then I'd rather not have it. Yeah. You feel me? But I'm not asking you to do that, but I'm asking you to hold it together enough. But when you get exposed, you know what I mean? That sounds like self-exposure, though. Because that was, as she was talking to you, she knew that she couldn't do, or she felt like she couldn't do what they were Telling her what she needs to do to get her family in the right place. So what is that? But that's just it. You where we at? It's not. I'm trying to sell you anything. It's here's the information. Here's the solution, and here's a community of people that want to help you attain it. Yeah. Right. So even if you, even if you ain't got no money you can still take the free workshops to learn everything that you need to know. And even if you ain't got no money, I'll put your ass in the business so that we can get some money, right? So I say that I say that I ain't making no money because, boy, I'm hitting, I'm, I'm hitting for straight everything I throw is a crap, right? <laughs> I'm like, read the book. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the video. Twelve. Yes, mate. You feel me? I'm like, um, let me come talk to you. It's crap. You know, come over here and take the courses. No. 
You understand? Same thing with the music. Like, I got a dope-ass project right now, Bay Area to Siberia, that we released in January 2018. Nobody is listening to that shit. Nobody? Can't be, because that shit is very, very interesting. It's like 10 tracks. Five of the tracks is like a story. I literally tell a story about why I left the United States. Hmm. And then... The other five tracks are songs that were created between 2007 and 2017. It features rapping Fote and OG Cocaine from LA. At least that song would make a motherfucker call me and say, hey, man, how'd you get rapping Fote and Cocaine on the song? (laughs) Cocaine, (laughs) Right? Or how'd you hook up with the Russian? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, cuz nothing, you know. They got like 500 t shirt designs online. That's a lot. I got like 500 t shirt designs online. Nothing, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Nothing, you said all that shit is whack. That's what you're telling me, you know what I'm saying? And I don't even ask people, I don't even call it a store, I call it a fucking um. Art gallery. Mm. It's a t-shirt art gallery. Hey, just go, just like go it. look. <laughs> you Get know? one if you like it. At the end of every museum tour, you know what? You know what's at the end of every museum tour? Uh, at the end of every museum tour is a gift shop, right? I don't even need you to buy nothing. Can you share it? Mm. Can you share it? Can you look at it and share it? <laughs> you can't even share it. Can't even like it. Damn. I'm like, dude, if you go to my Facebook page, nigga, I'm a poet because my Facebook page is raw. <laughs> I know the Facebook only send your page to like 20 people. Is that right? Just analyze it one day. Everybody who interacts with me on my Facebook page are the same 20 people, which leads me to believe those are the only people that send it. Right, you don't post every day, nigga. I post fifty times a day, nigga. I don't, I don't see none of that. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I'm raw, boy. I'm over there. I don't there. see D. Ross either no more, and I know he posting. He going live. He going live. I'm telling you, they like you. They want you to pay yeah, for. I saw, that. I saw that interaction or whatever boosts. Exactly. Well, I'm telling you. Go to my Facebook page. It's Trav Lyrics. Facebook.com slash Trav Lyrics. Boy, it's a work of art. If you had, what would you want them to know? What would you want people to know? Family, uh, everybody. What would you want them to know about you that you don't think they know already? I'm not bullshitting. Mm. I'm serious than a motherfucker. I swear to God. I rarely talk about what I can't do. Yeah. Right? I try to stay as honest as possible so when we finally start building, you don't have any or very few surprises coming from my end, right? I'm not bullshitting. Like, while you was at work for the last, well, we almost 50. Let's say you started working at 17. About that, yeah. You've been working for 30 years. Of that 30 years, I've probably been punching the clock for 10 right 
the fuck you think I was doing while you was at work? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, I hate your job more than you do. So I constantly think about how can we fire your boss, right? Mm. I didn't start rapping so that I can make hella money. I I I started rapping so we could build the juice crew. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I did graphics because I needed the cover. I didn't start doing clothes because I wanted to do clothes. I mean, I, I like 41510, but I was a graphic artist. I did that because my brother and my cousin wanted to start something. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that can be our FUBU. Thing, yeah. You know, that can be our crew, whatever. You know, and again, with this financial services, like I say, man, I didn't say it, but I was homeschooling for seven years. You know, I, I ain't been bullshitting. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to Whoop it. walk yeah. on water and not get wet. I got you. You see, so that's all. That's what I want. I want for our great-grandchildren to not have to go through what we went through. And if that means I got to fall on a samurai sword to do it. So be it. So be it. It is what it is. That know? was Trav Lyrics. Trav Lyrics. What is all your... Um, Contact information just in case people missed it and then let them get it again and then we could. Uh... If you want to learn about your boy Black Ice, you can go to your favorite digital platform and it's your boy Black Ice across everything. So if you're at iTunes, you're going to have access to everything that has been officially released. You go to SoundCloud, you'll have a lot of stuff that's not released i did a lot of stuff with Mm. people in other countries whether it was japan or morocco or poland yep russia you can go to um cafepress.com slash travel lyrics you can go to facebook.com and you can go travel lyrics that's one your boy black ice 41510 brand same thing on instagram um, and if you want to talk financial education, then you can go to wsbcampaign.com slash Travis Keaton. That's T-R-A-V-I-S-K-E-E-T-O-N. And I suggest following the blog because I got a dope blog over there that has it's updated about twice a week with some good information mm. about finance and it's all compliant with footnotes so you don't have to worry about is this good information or not because it's good information and if you want to learn you can contact me there because that's where I'm at right now everything else is classic brands yeah. you know you can talk to me about making t-shirts but that conversation is going to end in financial education. Everything is going to end back at, you know, what what's your hundred year plan? Mm, damn, you know what I'm saying? Hundred year, hundred year plan. All right, that's good. Uh, if you have any questions about how do you view you podcast, please send a email to Griffinstein G R I F F S T E I N at itsthedark.com. Guess you would like to see and just rate us. Uh, this should be on iTunes. Uh, thank you.